Hey everyone, welcome. My name's Steve Childs, and I am the senior pastor at Chartel Church of God, and this is my weekly Wednesday devotional called Straight from the Heart. So glad that you are joining on today. Uh, from wherever you're coming online, hey, let me know that you're here. Put your name in the comments. Give me a shout out. Let me know that you're that you're watching today. I uh, love to see both my local congregation uh, online as well as my friends and family uh, from across country. Glad that all of you are joining me today for this. Um, before I get into my uh, my lesson for today, just want to remind you, I just started a brand new series on Sunday uh, this last week called Faces of Hope. And uh, beginning last Sunday and going through Easter each week, I'm going to be uh, looking at hope from a little bit different angle and how Jesus meets that need that we have for hope. This last Sunday, um, I did a, 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 a message from Mark chapter 5 uh, based on the woman uh, who had the uh, issue of blood and just talked about the desperate hope that we need. That In the story, she's a woman who had spent everything that she had. She was at the end of her rope, and that's when Jesus she met Jesus and came through. And, and for those of you who may feel that way, you may be at the end of your rope or you may know someone uh, who is, uh, I just really want to encourage you. You can go and watch that video. I think that'll be a great encouragement to you. Uh, you can watch, go to our website at chartellchurch.org um, or on our Chartel Church uh, Facebook page. Or you can always go to my website, godswordforyoutoday.com and hit the link there and that'll take you to the message as well. This Sunday, I'm going to talk about reading redeeming hope. One of the most beautiful um, images in, again, in scripture is the story of the thief on the cross who in the last moments of his life cried out to Jesus and found God's grace there. And the message this week is going to be about the fact that uh, no matter who we are, what we've done or where we've been, there is always redeeming hope in our Lord Jesus Christ that he can take the most broken of lives and turn them around uh, for good. And God's mercy is great and new every morning. So um, join with me this week. Again, we'll be at 9 o'clock and 1030 here at Chartel. You can watch this live or you can always go back and watch the video later if that time doesn't work for you. If you've got any questions, feel free to message me be happy to give you any more info that you need about that uh, for the last couple of weeks in in this series I've been I'm kind of prepping getting ready for uh, what I'm starting today and that is I want to talk about the names of God last couple of times I, I've talked to you I talked about why the names of God are so important and and what they can do for us as we begin to discover uh, just who God is and and through these names, how God reveals himself to us. And, and today, I want to talk about uh, one of the names of God that is actually one of the most popular names. But it's also uh, perhaps the most intimate name that God uses to describe himself. And in many ways, it's, a, it's an extremely surprising name. And that's the name Father. God is our Father. Now, just think with me for a second. When, when I say the word Father, what images come to your mind? Now, I, I know for some of us uh, that Father produces some difficult images or some painful images, and I'll talk a little bit about that a, a little later. But for many, when we use the word Father, it's, it's such an endearing term. Um, 
you know, growing up, uh, my, uh, my father worked a lot. He was a, a hard, hard-working guy. Uh, we had five kids, and so he worked two or three jobs most of his life, I think. And so he was, he was gone a lot. But, but my, one of my earliest remembrances of my father um, was being sick. Uh, having the flu or something and being in bed and my dad worked second shift didn't get off till late and I was sound asleep and one night while I was sick I, I was I woke up and as I woke up I could feel you know something there and uh, and I felt something on my head and I kind of jerked a little bit but when I opened my eyes it was my father sitting on my bed and he had his hand just kind of resting right here on my head and he had his face down in his hand and he was praying for me. And so when I think of the term father, it begins to build that kind of image in, in my mind. And that's how God is, refers to himself uh, in, in the Old Testament in, in, some, in a lot of different places. And then Jesus picks up that term again in the New Testament and presents again and again and again that God is our Father. Now, I want to lean into that you know, for a little bit today. And I, I probably won't get through all of this, but at least let me get through uh, a part of this in talking about why, why is that name so important? And, and why would God, out of all the ways that he could refer to himself... Why would, would father be one of the terms or names that God would choose? Uh, let, me give you, let me give you several thoughts today. Um, the first one is, when I thought about this idea of father, one of the things that it did for God, and, and, and I think, again, this may be a little bit more challenging for us to kind of fully grasp, but the, the name father helped make God understandable. The name God helped make God understandable. Um, remember again if you rewind it because we live in in kind of the new covenant age and we understand Jesus and we have a lot better imagery you know in the Old Testament particularly God was God was hard to wrap your mind around God was very otherly uh, he was unknowable God was untouchable God was unreachable and in people trying to connect with God, uh, it was so extremely difficult. I mean, when you start thinking about all that God is and, and you know, all that he encompasses, it's, it's mind-boggling. I love what, what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 11. He said, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know? the Lord's thoughts. Who knows enough to give him advice? And, you know, when we, when we think about that, you know, it's true. I mean, God is so big and God encompasses so much and he can do so many things. Our little feeble minds can't begin to, to wrap around this, this, you know, this, this huge, huge God. So if you're God and you're trying to make yourself understandable to these people that you love, if you're God and you're trying to help people get to know you, um, what better term to use than something that they can relate to and say, I am your father. Because again, people on earth, we have fathers. We understand what that looks like. And so it took this, this incomprehensible God and it made him a lot more understandable. Does that make sense? And, and, and I just love when I was thinking about this and processing it, I just thought, oh God, how, how incredible you are that you 
you were able to put yourself in imagery that even our small minds could comprehend. I often laugh because, you know, we, we do things so opposite. Jesus took, you know, complicated theological truths and he told stories about them that made them simple and understandable. You know, we, we, we theologians tend to take, you know, simple truths and complicate them beyond anybody's comprehension. But God, God made himself understandable by referring to himself as a father. Um, another piece in that I thought about was the fact that when, when God chose the name father, it made him approachable. It made him approachable. Uh, again, when you, when you rewind the tape back, um, God was to be feared. Uh, God was awesome. God was powerful. Uh, and in the Old Testament, we see in Jewish history how, you know, people saw the hand of God at work and they saw the power of God in, in action. They, you know, they saw what God could do as he could crumble cities and squash armies and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and there was this great, uh, great fear. Uh, about being approached by God. That's why, you know, when you read in Exodus and you read about how uh, in the tabernacle, this tents that they would set up where Moses would meet with God, you know, Moses could go up in a mountain and he would go in this tabernacle and the glory of God would come down like a cloud. You know, people would just stand outside their tents and they would just watch. You know, they were just fascinated because God was so awesome and, and it was like none of them dared go near it. Uh, God, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And so they got this, this inapproachable God that you couldn't get near. And then he, he makes himself known as a father. And not just a powerful God, but a gentle God. Um, or, or even when you think about the holiness of God. Uh, you know, when, when you really catch a glimpse, as people did from time to time, of who God is and how righteous he is and, and how perfect he is in every way, you know, it, it all of a sudden makes you aware of how sinful you are. Um, you know, again, going back to the garden when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, and God used to come every day and walk with them in the cool of the day. And, and after they sinned and God came, drew near, what did Adam and Eve do? They hid. Why? Because they felt shame. Um, they, they felt like they had no right to be in the presence of God. They, they hid away because they, they knew the darkness of their soul. And, uh, you know, again, I, I've thought of this. Uh, one, of the, one of the verses I put in my notes was from Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5. When uh, Isaiah sees the Lord, he catches this vision of God. And he you know, remember what Isaiah says. He says, woe is me, I cried. I am, un, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of, of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. What's Isaiah saying? You know, all of a sudden when Isaiah began to really get a glimpse of God, he became aware of, of how filthy he was. And uh, all of a sudden, all you want to do is just hide away. And that's why, you know, God, God had to find imagery that made him approachable again so that we wouldn't hide, so that we wouldn't run away, so that we wouldn't be afraid of his power, that we would know that the power of God was, was tempered by the gentleness of God and that the, the holiness of God was tempered by the
the grace of God. And that's where that, yeah, that imagery of Father makes him both understandable and it makes him approachable. Um, but the other thing is that one of, the, one of the reasons I think it was important for God to reveal himself as Father, think about this with me, is with, it was his identity. In other words, it is, it's who he was. Um, it wasn't just a name. It was who he was. Um, Genesis 2, 7. And then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life uh, into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. In other words, you know, it, it, the idea of father wasn't just a, a, a moniker that God stuck on himself. It really was his identity. God was the one who gave birth to mankind. It was he who, who breathed into us the breath of life. He gave us life. It's not, kind of like when I, you know, I'd get kidding with my boys when they'd you know, get me going. I'd go, you know what? I brought you into this world and I can take you out, <laughs> you know? But that's, you know, God was the one who brought us into this world. This world was without us until God brought us in. He gave birth to us. He truly is our father. He's the one who gave us life. It is his breath in our lungs. And he is our, our life. Um, and that's the, the nature and the way that God wanted to, to reveal, not just reveal himself, but the way he wanted to relate to his people was as a father. Yeah, that's why when, when God reestablished the covenant uh, after sin had happened and all of that kind of stuff, when God reestablished that covenant through Abraham and then again through Moses and the people, he wanted to restore not just the idea that he was God, but the idea that he was father. Exodus chapter, chapter 4 uh, verse 22, when, when God was working through Moses to, to set the Israelites free, here's what he said. He could tell Moses, this is what you want to tell. I want you to tell Pharaoh. Listen to this. This is the first time God refers to it directly this way. He says, um, they, and then you will tell him, this is what the Lord said. Israel is my firstborn son. Israel is my firstborn son. What was going on? God, through Moses, was letting the Pharaoh know that this is the relationship that I have with these people. I am not just a God that they serve. I am their father. Um, and that was, again, God speaking directly in order to put fear in Pharaoh's heart that God, who was a father, would go to any lengths to protect his people. Okay. Why did God choose these names? He, it, it made him understandable. Uh, it made him approachable. And, and, and it was also his identity. Uh, it really is who God was. You know, when we think of this name, uh, the, the idea that God is our father, uh, it does a really, a, a, really few, a few things for us that I think, again, are so cool. Um, one is it shows God's desire for intimacy and relationship. And I think this is so astounding to me. And uh, that just like with the Israelites, God doesn't want to relate to us just as a God. Uh, in other words, he doesn't want us to just serve him. Uh, he doesn't want us to just obey him. He wants us to be uh, in a, a close relationship with him. Um, that's why when we talk about Christianity, we say that, you know, Christianity really isn't a religion. 
It's a relationship, and it really is. It's about entering into this covenant with God where we are adopted into his family through Jesus Christ. And, and he becomes, God becomes our father again, and we become his children. Um, again, I, I used this verse last Sunday. It's one of my favorite verses from 1 John 3, 1. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. That is what we are. Come on, look, look into my eyes for a second because I want you to hear this. God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And he doesn't want you to just obey him. He doesn't want you to, to hide in fear from him. He doesn't want you to, to keep him at arm's distance. And he certainly doesn't want to keep you at arm's distance. God has lavished his love on you so much that he calls you his son or his daughter. God, does, God doesn't desire you to just know about him. God desires you to, as I talked about a week or two ago, about he wants you to yada him. He wants you to know him intimately. Um, I love what Paul says, and if, if, when you read it in the Greek, it's, it's, it's so revealing. From Romans eight fifteen, Paul says, For you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Listen to this. He says, Now we call him Abba, Father. And literally, that's the, the term of a, of a toddler child saying, Dada. God becomes our, our Dada. Uh, in other words, it's like when Jesus said, you know, and told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's the idea, that once again, we get to be in this intimate relationship with, with God, our Father, our Daddy. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. It shows God's desire. He wants to have intimacy with us. He wants to have relationship with us. Let me give you just one more today. Um, this idea of a father, again, for us is that it reveals um, the extent of God's compassion for us. Um, did you know that God has infinite compassion upon you? I know sometimes when we're going through uh, difficult times or uh, that kind of stuff that sometimes it may feel like God is a long way away, um, but he's not. God, our Father, is right there. Um, in Psalm 103, it says, the Lord is like what? He's like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Psalm 89, Psalm that says, and he will cry out to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. There was a, a such a cool uh, post on, on Facebook uh, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, uh, not, not when we had the huge cold snap with all of the snow, but about a week or so before we had a, an overnight thing where we had, we'd gotten snow and ice and the roads got really bad for a day. And, and this, this gal, this 30 some year old lady here in Oklahoma, one, town, one of the towns here in Oklahoma made this post. And in her post, she was talking about the fact she had to get up and she had to go to work and she had to drive on these very slick, you know, snowy roads. 
and uh, icy roads and she got to work and she said my father followed me to work and she has to park across the street from where she where she works and in her in her post she showed these pictures of her dad getting out of his car and he spreads salt from her car all the way across the street to where she goes into this office building. Her father follows her to work in the bad weather, spreads salt on the street and the sidewalk all the way from her car to the door of where she worked because he didn't want his daughter to slip. And she made this beautiful post about her dad. And I'm reading this, you know, and tears are welling up in my eyes. And I thought, you know what? That's what a father does. Now, look at me. That's the kind of compassion that God has for you. Um, I, I don't know what you're going through today. Don't know what you're facing. Don't know what you're dealing with. But this is what I know. God has a great heart for you. You know, one of the most revealing scriptures to me is in John chapter 11 when Jesus was uh, at the graveside there of, of uh, near the graveside of, of Lazarus his good friend and he was walking with Mary and Martha and they were going to the grave and uh, Mary and Martha were crying and other people were crying and it says real simple Jesus wept and when you read that you begin to realize all of a sudden that this is not a God who who looks through eyes of indifference toward us even though Jesus knew what he was going to do and the miracle that he was going to perform, his heart broke with sadness for Mary and Martha and these people that he loved. And you know what? Our God has that kind of compassion on you because he is a good, good father. Can I pray for you? Our Father, as we come before you today, um, you know exactly where we're at, exactly what we're going through. Um, you know what we're facing. You know what we are dealing with. Uh, you know the treacherous roads that we are traveling upon. Uh, you know the slippery places where we're walking and the danger all around. You know the fear in our hearts and the anxiety in our minds. Father, I pray right now for every single person that's watching this video, whether they're watching it live or watching it later, Lord, that you would just draw near to them, that you would put your great arms of love around them and that you would remind them that your heart is filled with compassion for them. Lord, you didn't have to reveal yourself to us this way, but you did. You could have just remained a God who was a long way away and kept us at arm's distance and kept us just as servants and slaves and people maybe that you visited from time to time, but you didn't, Lord. You drew near. You made yourself understandable. You made yourself approachable. You revealed your, your desire for intimacy and relationship, and you demonstrated your compassion by calling yourself not just God and creator, but by calling yourself our Father. So Lord, today, I, I pray particularly for those who may be struggling, and those today who are in just need of your great comfort, that today that they would be able to just put the full weight of all that they are dealing with upon you, that you would hold them close, that they could just put their head upon your chest and that they would just feel your love 
wash over them. Our God, we love you so much. Thank you for the way that you have reached out with love to us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, again, as always, if any of you would like a copy of my notes from the lesson today, you're more than welcome to put that in the message or, or you can private message me. would be happy to send those to you. Uh, and if, if this was helpful to you, if this was an encouragement to you, just do me one favor, uh, share it on your Facebook page. And, uh, and I hope that you will just uh, take advantage of that and give them the opportunity to let some other people get a chance to hear uh, what God might be able to do to them and how he can reveal himself to them as their father as well. Next week, we'll continue with this. I'll wrap up this message on God as our father, and we'll continue on with some other names of God. God bless you. Love you guys so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.